Good morning. Today is Friday the 13th of October 2023. Um, I'm really glad to be here with all of you this morning. It's been too long. Recent events have turned my life upside down, both in um, good ways and difficult ways. And so my schedule's just a little bit wonky, but I'm glad that we could gather here today for morning prayer. Thank you for being here. Our readings this day are Psalm. <laughs> Obviously, I'm a little discombobulated. Our readings this morning are Psalms 140 and 142, Second Kings 23, 36 through 24, 17, First Corinthians 12, 12 through 26, and the Gospel of Matthew chapter 9, verses 27 through 34. We begin on page 78 of the Book of Common Prayer. Grace to you and peace from God our Creator and the Incarnate Jesus Christ. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation, and so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God. Let us kneel in silence. And with penitent and obedient hearts, confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to God with psalms. For you are a great God, you are great above all gods, in your hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before God our Maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Psalm 140 Deliver me, O God, from evildoers. Protect me from those who are violent, who plan evil things in their minds and stir up wars continually. They make their tongues sharp as a snake's, and under their lips is the venom of vipers. Guard me, O God, from the hands of the wicked. Protect me from the violent who have planned my downfall. The arrogant have hidden a trap for me. 
and with cords they have spread a net. Along the road they have set snares for me. I say to God, you are my God. Give ear, O God, to the voice of my supplications. O God, my God, my strong deliverer, you have covered my head in the day of battle. Do not grant, O God, the desires of the wicked. Do not further their evil plot. Those who surround me lift up their heads. Let the mischief of their lips overwhelm them. Let burning coals fall on them. Let them be flung into pits, no more to rise. Do not let the slander be established in the land. Let evil speedily hunt down the violent. I know that God maintains the cause of the needy and executes justice for the poor. Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name. The upright shall live in your presence. Psalm 142 With my voice I cry to God. With my voice I make supplication to God. I pour out my complaint before God. I tell my trouble before God. When my spirit is faint, you know my way. In the path where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. Look on my right hand and see. There is no one who takes notice of me. No refuge remains to me. No one cares for me. I cry to you, O God. I say you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Give heed to my cry, for I am brought very low. Save me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison, so that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Second Kings chapter 23, verse 36, through chapter 24, verse 17. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he began to reign. He reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Zebedah, daughter of Pediah of Rumah. He did what was evil in the sight of God, just as all his ancestors had done. In his days, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came up. Jehoiakim became his servant for three years, then he turned and rebelled against him. God sent against him bands of the Chaldeans, bands of the Arameans, bands of the Moabites, and bands of the Ammonites. He sent them against Judah to destroy it, according to the word of God that God spoke by God's servants, the prophets. Surely this came upon Judah at the command of God, to remove them out of God's sight. For the sins of Manasseh, for all that he had committed, and also for the innocent blood that he had shed, for he filled Jerusalem with innocent blood and God was not willing to pardon. Now the rest of the deeds of Jehoiakim and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Judah? So Jehoiakim slept with his ancestors. Then his son, Jehoiachin, succeeded him. The king of Egypt did not come again out of his land, for the king of Babylon had taken over all that belonged to the king of Egypt, from the wadi of Egypt to the river Euphrates. Jehoiachin was 18 years old when he began to reign. He reigned three months in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Nehushta, daughter of Elnathan of Jerusalem. 
He did what was evil in the sight of God, just as his father had done. At that time, the servants of, the, of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came up to Jerusalem, and the city was besieged. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to the city while his servants were besieging it. King Jehoshin of Judah gave himself up to the king of Babylon, himself, his mother, his servants, his officers, and his, pal- and his palace officials. The king of Babylon took him prisoner in the eighth year of his reign. He carried off all the treasures of the house of God and the treasures of the king's house. He cut in pieces all the vessels of gold in the temple of God, which King Solomon of Israel had made. All this as God had foretold. He carried away all Jerusalem, all the officials, all the warriors, 10,000 captives, all the artisans and the smiths. No one remained except the poorest people of the land. He carried away Jehoashim to Babylon, the king's mother, the king's wives, his officials, and the elite of the land. He took into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon. The king of Babylon brought captive to Babylon all the men of valor, 7,000, the artisans and the smiths, 1,000, all of them strong and fit for war. The king of Babylon made Mataniah Jehoashin's uncle, king in his place, and changed his name to Zedekiah. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle 9, the first song of Isaiah. Surely it is God who saves me, and will trust in God and not be afraid. For God is my stronghold and my sure defense, and God will be my savior. Therefore you shall draw water with rejoicing from the springs of salvation. And on that day you shall say, Give thanks to God and call upon God's name. Make God's deeds known among the peoples. See that they remember that God's name is exalted. Sing the praises of God, for God has done great things, and this is known in all the world. Cry aloud, inhabitants of Zion, ring out your joy. For the Great One in the midst of you is the Holy One of Israel. Praise to the Holy and Undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 12 through verse 26. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Whether Jews, Greeks, slaves, or free, we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. 
and our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for each other. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle 15, the Song of Mary, the Magnificat. My soul proclaims the greatness of God. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For God has looked with favor on their humble co-creator. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is God's name. God has mercy on those who fear God in every generation. God has shown the strength of God's arm. God has scattered the proud in their conceit. God has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich God has sent away empty. God has come to the help of God's servant Israel, for God has remembered God's promise of mercy, the promise God made to our forebears, to Abraham and Sarah and their children forever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 9, verses 27 through 34. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed, saying, loud, crying loudly, Have mercy on us, son of David. When Jesus entered the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their eyes were opened. Then Jesus sternly ordered them, See that no one knows of this. But they went away and spread the news about Jesus throughout that district. After they had gone away, a demoniac who was mute was brought to Jesus. And when the demon had been cast out, the one who had been mute spoke. And the crowds were amazed and said, Never has anything like this been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, By the ruler of the demons he casts out the demons. The Gospel of Jesus Christ Praise to you, Jesus Christ. Let us affirm our faith together using the affirmation of faith from the Iona community, from the Iona community's daily act of prayer. This can be found in the compilation 50 Great Prayers from the Iona Community, compiled by Neil Painter. With the whole church, we affirm that we are made in God's image, befriended by Christ, empowered by the Spirit, with people everywhere, we affirm God's goodness at the heart of humanity, planted more deeply than all that is wrong. With all creation, we celebrate the miracle and wonder of life, the unfolding purposes of God, forever at work in ourselves and the world. God be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your dominion come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. 
Walk with us through the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O God, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O God, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. God, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O God, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. A Collect for Fridays Almighty God, whose most dear incarnate went not up to joy but first suffered pain, and entered not into glory before being crucified. Mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace through Jesus Christ, your incarnate, our Savior. Amen. Sovereign Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hardwood of the cross so that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you. For the honor of your name, amen. Now is the time in our morning prayer where normally I share a few thoughts on the readings. Um, I don't have a lot today, to be honest, um, which I guess is kind of good because I don't have a lot of time today. I want to focus in on... Psalm 142, um, let's see, what is the verse number? Verses 2 and 3, I pour out my complaint before God, I tell my trouble before God. When my spirit is faint, you know my way. These two things at first don't seem to go together, but I think they do. First, I want to say that um, I love this reminder that we can bring anything to God. Sometimes it feels like there is no human, sometimes not even ourselves, that is a safe place for us. I had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day about um, the similarities in our families and that they were not safe places to be vulnerable. And I think a lot of us find that um, in our workplaces, in our communities, that our vulnerabilities are used against us, right? And I've even heard people say that we should not speak our troubles or worries to God because the enemy will hear and it will like give the evil one ideas. And I want to reassure you, friends, what I found to be true throughout my life and spiritual journey is that God is a safe place. I think that's part of why we pray, right? You've heard me say this before that like speaking the liturgy, saying the daily office is kind of like drawing this circle of prayer around ourselves and stepping into it to go forth in the day. So I think, I think there is something to the fact that prayer creates safe space and also is safe space, if that makes sense. Um, and God wants us 
even when we can't tell anyone else, God wants us to tell them the deepest fears of our lives and the enemy will not snatch it. We circle that in prayer and we lift it up to God and it is both safe and also redeemed in and by God. So that was probably a long rambling way of saying something, (laughs) but thank you for bearing with me through that. There's a little bit of a contrast there between what we were just talking about with or an apparent contrast between what we were just talking about, about God being safe to bring anything to. And then verse, I think it's the latter part of verse four, God was not willing to pardon. So I think there are a couple of interesting things about this. One is that Manasseh shed innocent blood, right? And that is like the greatest sin, not that we categorize sins, but elsewhere in scripture, it says also that like whoever causes a little one to stumble and I'll, I'll get the address for you later if you'd like, but, um, you know how terrible I am about remembering the addresses of, of things, um, or of, of passages. But anyway, um, so there's that. And also, and perhaps moreover, Manasseh did not repent, right? So, at first it might seem like God is, is harsh and unforgiving, but I don't believe that's the case. I believe, and I was having this conversation with someone else who's dear in my life about, about hell and what hell is. And, and I believe personally, and I think in my reading of scripture, that's backed up, but you know, take it or leave it as another dear friend of mine says, eat the meat, spit out the bones. But Hell is to be separate from God and the, to be apart. And the thing there is that we are never apart because God has put us apart. We are apart because of what's going on with ourselves. We have removed ourselves. We have created distance, right? And all we need to do to remove those obstacles, to be close with God again, is to ac- approach God. God is the one who is unchanging. And yes, part of that is being a safe place, but in order to be forgiven, in order to receive forgiveness and also to enter into that safety, we have to do that. We have to approach God. And it's this not quite paradox, but it, it's this, we have to be able to hold these, these two things both as true. It's this tension between the fact that God is omnipresent And also we must come to God. So God is both always there and also we must approach God. And I think that's, that's part of the beauty of the relationship. And it's, it's so, I think, wonderful and beautiful and amazing that God ceded all control over us. How hard is it for us to not have control over things in our lives? And yet God who could have had control over everything relinquish that control to give us free will. And that's the beauty of our relationship with God is that there is no coercion there. There's no manipulation. And I... I think that it's both beautiful and also tragic 
because often we get in our own way so deeply. I think this is echoed in our gospel reading with the blind men that approach Jesus and and ask to be healed. And and I know we can get I can at least get really caught up in this. If miracles can happen and all we have to do is ask, then the reason that miracles are not happening for me or the reason this particular prayer that um I have has not been granted or insert, you know, any tragedy here is happening is because I have not believed hard enough or I've not truly believed, or there is something that is really in the way. And, and the truth is that time and circumstance can be so far beyond our understanding and it is tripe but true that there are some things that we will probably not understand in the, in this life. But in the hereafter and whatever you think of as heaven, I do believe that things become clear. Um, and I, I don't think that's just a pacification, but I think it gives us something to hold on to here when we have those difficult moments, when we don't understand why terrible things happen to good and innocent people, we can look back at our lives and look through scripture and see that God has both redeemed and also executed justice for all of the innocents who were done wrong. And also God has given forgiveness to all who ask. And I think those are beautiful patterns that we can see throughout our lives and the lives of others and our own history. And maybe that helps us carry forward what is good and leave behind what is no longer helpful. That is my prayer for us. That with the help of the Holy Spirit, with God's discernment, fully integrated and connected to the creative creator and divine within us that we leave behind what is unhelpful both personally and globally and carry forward what is good, what is holy, what is true, what is divine, what is helpful, what is uplifting. So then now is the time when we lift up, circle in love, and hold in the light those whom the Holy Spirit has placed upon our hearts for prayer. Amen. Almighty God, giver of all mercies, we, your co-creators, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Savior, Jesus Christ, 
for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise. Not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved incarnate that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of us. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. The wisdom of God, the love of God, and the grace of God strengthen us to be Christ's hands and heart in this world. In the name of the Holy Trinity. Amen. <laughs>